All right, anybody learned anything yesterday? Or not learned anything, but anybody want to share what they got from yesterday's discussion about worship? Gotcha, we'll get... Okay, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's real. That's real. We talked about the different peaks and valleys that the more that we reflect on the goodness of God, the word of God says the goodness of God draws us to repentance. Like when someone is really good to you, you kind of, I won't say you feel bad, but you feel like, man, I got to be a better friend to that person. I got to be a better daughter to that, that parent, a better fa- uh, uh, a son to that parent because they're just so good to me even when I don't deserve it. And so when you begin to measure God's goodness, based upon the little things, which are really the big things, then it really uh, creates a big expression out of you when it comes to corporate worship or you know, just, just time with him, right? So yesterday we talked a lot about what true worship is. We broke down Romans 12, 1 to a degree. Um, the verse says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, that, that we, we present everything about us for him. Right now, you're presenting your bodies to one or two sides. Either you're presenting your body, your mind, your emotions, your will, either towards the world or you're presenting it towards God. And that's a real thing that you have to assess because you got to say every day, the bulk of my days, the bulk of my weeks, the bulk of my months are given to whom? Is the bulk of your life given to God and his things or the devil and his things, right? You know, what music am I listening to? What movies am I watching? What shows am I watching? Uh, what, what conversations am I having? Uh, what am I doing? Those things really tally up in the spiritual world. And, and right now you may, you may say, but I'm a Christian, I'm saved. But if we was to really investigate your life, the, 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 one, the people that really know where you are are the demons and the angels. They know where you stand, right? And so you got to assess, okay, where am I giving my members? Where am I giving my life? Is, is the world consuming it? Because we talked about how the world and everything is running off of energy and, 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 and the spiritual world to a degree feasts off of energy. And, 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 and when you give your energies, you're giving your energies to feed one or two kingdoms. So right now, when you're in your spirit, listening to certain music, listening to certain songs, what's vibrating in you? What's permeating in you? It will flow out of you. And when it flows out of you, that vibration out of you is going to vibe to someone else and it may ruin their day or it may make that day their day. But you have to think about worship more of how I live my life. Where does my energy flow? Where does my vibes go? Like when, when people are in my space, I want them to feel that joy, that love, that peace that permeates from me. There are certain teachers in the school that you like, I don't vibe with them. Soon as you come within their orbit or certain people, family members, whatever, you come into their orbit, you'd be like, man, I f- they're giving off bad vibes. I don't like to be around them. Then there are certain people that you like, man, I love to be in their presence because they're, they're loving, they're peaceful, they're joyful. How can someone listening to certain secular songs or satanic songs can be a person of love and peace? If you listen to songs about sex and, lo- and lust, how can you be a true, genuine, loving person? How can you, as a young man, sit beside a young girl without fantasizing and vice versa? Those things permeate through you, creating vibrations and creating outcomes. And so you have to say, OK, where am I presenting my body? Am I presenting everything about me towards the things of God? And it's difficult. This world is going to make it difficult. I mean, they, the world makes the quote unquote best music. 
The world creates the best movies. Why? The devil buys them. How can I pay you contractually, get you so uh, tied to me and get you sold to me so I can use your soul, use your emotions, use your words to permeate to millions of people's minds, causing them to bear your image and not worship God. It all boils down to worship. No matter how high you go, it's either they're going to try to make you worship God or make you worship Satan. And that's where it always ends. And right now you have to assess which side you're in. And that's real talk, man. Every day I got to make sure that I keep my spirit clean. So the vibes for me is always gentle, is always kind, is always whatever. Right. So if I if I if I whatever, like if I. OK, what, let's do this right here. What are certain moves that can affect somebody else's mood? Moves as in vibrations like. What are, what are certain moves that, that can transfer through you and affect your outside world? Yes, sir. Grief. Yep. How does grief flow through you into, uh, and affect somebody else's day? Might feel the same way. So you need to connect. Anybody else? Anger. How does anger flow through a person to someone else? Yep. One more. We do do things in threes. One more. Yeah. With a, what another one you got? So we'll put sadness up there because grief. We'll put sadness. Right. So if someone dies, right, I can grieve, but I shouldn't grieve long. Why should I, why is, number one, it's okay to grieve, to grieve, but why shouldn't we grieve so long? Why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we grieve so long? Yeah. You'll get too attached to it. You get too attached to the grief. And when you're attached, then you, then, then it will affect everything that you're trying to connect to. So now it depends on who it is. I'm not sitting there saying take a day to grieve if your mom, someone that you love passed, but we're talking about. If someone dies in 2022 and it's 2032 and you're still here, that's we have to start changing our perspectives by saying, OK, what can I learn from this person? How can this person inspire me to go forward? So it's not that you're not going to have moments where you cry, but it won't hinder what you want to accomplish. Right. Easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? But anger. Anger is a big one. If someone's angry towards you and then they hit you at the right moment, that mood gets into you and you out the door. Now you're angry, right? Also sadness. I can't be sad long. Because how can I be sad when I know God has been good, right? So we always got to find the root reason why we have these moves so that it won't go and fall and flow into our everyday life. And this happens all the time. So you got to understand, why am I moody? <laughs> why am I upset? Because the enemy knows if I keep you in these low frequencies, these low frequencies of emotions, it's, it, one person coming here with a bad mood can affect the whole room, positively or negatively. So anyway, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice means I'm living 
but I'm sacrificing what my flesh may want. I'm sacrificing uh, what, what I would want to do versus what I should be living for. So what are those things in your life that you have to sacrifice? Kill, get out of your life, addictions, habits, thought patterns that you say, hey, man, I got to get this out of me before it starts affecting those outside of me. It says, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or spiritual service. He's basically saying, man, that's, that's the best you can really do. I mean, I died for you. You ain't going to live for me. You know what I'm saying? You will always live for the person that died for you. I gave this analogy. I don't know if it's in front of you all. So if Michaela, if I took a bullet for you. I don't, did I do this in front of you all? Yeah, you did. Okay, okay. So if I took a bullet for Michaela, I died for her. She's probably going to live for me. She's probably going to have, you know. A, a scholarship fund for my kids. She'll probably be like, you know what, man? I'm bringing meals to his wife. I'm, I'm, I, every time I see her, I'm just going to, you see what I'm saying? So if someone died for me significantly, and I think the reason why we don't really appreciate God's death is because we ain't really seen hell. We ain't really seen the consequences at the end. Everybody, I tell you, I tell this to everyone, everyone dead knows the truth. There's not one person dead that don't know the truth. <laughs> Soon as you die, you everybody who's there right now knows who God is, right? But you don't want to wait till you die to find out who He is, because once you cross that line, that's it. You can't plead with God, you can't beg God. It's it's like yo, fam, I have all the evidence in the world. The trees crowd that I create, like so. For instance, I did this with you all as well, right? This marker proves what that somebody made it. This marker, no matter, I, do we know who the person is? We don't know. But this is evidence that somebody was sitting somewhere thinking about, I hate chalkboards. <laughs> I hate the way uh, chalk hit the chalkboard. Do you know that this invention eliminated the chalkboard? Like, nobody cares about chalkboards no more. They make too much. What's wrong with chalkboards? Messy, loud, mess with your ears, all that kind of stuff. So somebody had an idea and said, I'm going to create this. And, oh, and y'all will forever know me. <laughs> y'all got to have a backup. And you will always know who I am by what I create. So the grass tell you God is real. No, atheists are some of the dumbest people. How can you appreciate art but can't appreciate a creator? Like how can you say, some people be doing some crazy paintings, right? They'll, they'll paint something like this. And charge a million dollars, right? Right? A million dollars for this. You will you will be in awe of me. I can sell this for a million dollars and everybody will be like, man, he's a great artist, so much depth. I see what he meant by this line right here. Oh man, it could have went that way, but he went. But if I go outside and I see grass and trees and deers and rabbits and 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 butterflies and I act like we came from nothing, why do you think they created the Big Bang? The devil always does the opposite. Why do you think he created the Big Bang? Because if you feel if if your existence came from nothing, then you'll feel like you're nothing. Which one gives you more value that you came from nothing or that you was created by someone? Which one gives you more value? Created by someone. Right. All my books have value to me because it was created by me. Right. And so if, if I believe that I came from a Big Bang, then what's the point? So the Big Bang is so dumb to the point where if I mess up this whole room, flip all the chairs, throw paint on the wall, flip the desk, broke computers, broke the screen, 
And I sit at the door for years waiting to come together. So I created this big mess. Now it's going to come together. That's how the Big Bang Theory is, right? But anyway, uh, which is my reasonable service. Like it's, it's, it's the least I can do is to give him my life because he died for me. It says, and do not be conformed to this world. We talked about how you are going in one or two directions. Form. We talked about why is form important. Why do, what do we say about that? It's the fundamentals, right? Form is important. So either I'm going this way or that way. I'm being conformed to a con- contradictory image or I'm being transformed to a transformational image. But no one stays in the middle. You're trending in one or two directions. Now the real question is, you have to really think, which way are you going? With the music you listen to, the movies you watch, the people you hang around, the things you do, which way are you going? You're conforming or transforming. And you do that by the renewing of your mind. And we talked about that. We'll talk about that a little bit long, uh, some other time. The renewing of the mind, we'll talk about it a little bit now. The mind is important. Why is the mind important? Why is it important for our minds to be renewed? Or what does that mean to you all? Say it again. Keep it as a godly mindset. Keep it as, that's right. Keeping it as a godly mindset. What else? We'll stop. We'll stop there. Anybody ready? Okay, okay. We'll keep it there. Like, I have to make sure... That I think on things that are above. That I think on things that are godly. If I think on things that are worldly, I will become worldly. If I think on things that are godly, I will become godly. It's that simple, right? Now, the key thing is, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My mind has to be renewed. My mind has to change the way it sees money or I will mismanage money. My mind has to be renewed on how I see my wife or I won't treat her right. Everything about what I do has to be renewed and it never stops. Your mind is so deep to the point to where there's some things in your mind. Most of us in this room probably don't even view ourselves the right way, because if we viewed ourselves the right way, we'll do the right things to ourselves, for ourselves and from ourselves. By the end of mind that you may prove, I love that word prove. Right now, what is your life proving? Does it prove that you believe in yourself? Does it prove that you believe in God? What does it prove? That's a process. I have to give my life up as a sacrifice. I have to then allow my mind to be renewed. Then I have to begin to get in a transformational process so that now I can prove what the will of God is. You want to prove. Every day I'm proving. Every time I get up here, I'm proving God's will in my life. Josh is a speaker. Mr. Ezzy is a speaker. Mr. Ezzy is a communicator. Mr. Ezzy is, is a counselor. I'm proving the will of God in my life every day because I, God revealed who I am to myself. Like Moses. All of us been there. When Moses was like, who's going to talk? And he was like, I stutter. And God said, who made your lips? God said, I don't care what your limits are. I made it. That which is good and acceptable and well-pleasing and perfect. So that's the goal is at the end of my life or in the sweet stages of my life that I'm able to prove what who God is, the will of God is, so I can prove what is good. Why is it important to prove what is good? That's important. That my mind has to be renewed to prove what's good. You got a guy. Uh, who I want to pick on today? I always pick on the girls. Okay, Jay. Because they're in the front row. That's why I pick on them. My bad, Jay. You me pick someone up? It's okay, gotcha. So Jaden, I ain't gonna draw stick figures. I don't want y'all to talk about. Jaden 
has two girls to pick from. Man, both bad. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, my bad, hold on, my bad, hold on. Bad to you, okay? <laughs> attractive, almost got set up. I almost set myself. So two girls are attractive to you, right? It's important for Jaden to know what is good for him. Because in life, you're going to always, to some degree, have two options. Right? You're going to have two options. And you're going to have to be able to say, is my mind, is Jaden's mind renewed enough to know what's really good for him? What's the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart? I wrote a book on this. Counterfeit or counterpart? Counterfeit, isn't it like the same piece? Yep, to degree counterpart. Counterfeit is fake. Counterfeit is fake. Counterpart is what? Yeah, same or real, right? In life, you're going to always have options, man. You're going to have options whether you want to marry this girl or marry that girl. You're going to have options whether you're going to shoot or marry this guy or that guy. You're going to have options whether I should let this guy go to move on. You're going to have options. Should I go to this school or that school? Should I, should I play ball or not play ball? Should I whatever, 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 whatever? And you got to get to a place where you're able to choose. You don't want to be such a big, like, for instance, imagine me at 36 years old, still calling my mom to make decisions for me. Y'all be like, Mr. Esman, cut the umbilical cord, bro. Let it go. You're right. But I'm talking about every single thing. Every single thing at 36. My wife looking at me. Hold on, babe. I'm going to call mom. Mom, what should I do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You would be like, man, you a grown man still calling your mother for every decision. People do that to God all the time. God's like, fam, let me transform your mind enough where you're able to pick what I will pick. You see what I'm saying? So there got to be a time of growth that you have to think about. Y'all in ninth grade, so I understand y'all might be like, man, all right, man. But you got to start thinking about this stuff because y'all are making choices now. And you don't want to get to sexual choices and, 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 and uh, drug choices and hustle choices. And you don't even know. So imagine if you don't know as a young girl, you don't know how God sees you. And your mind hasn't been transformed and renewed to view yourself perfectly. When that man put pressure on you to get inside of you, what are you going to do? If you don't know who you are, Mr. Ed's going to keep it real. If you don't know who you are, you're going to use his words. Which are hollow Because boys will say anything To get what they got to get from you And then as soon as they get from you They'll zip their pants up and walk out the door That's how the game is Because they know if you're insecure And they know if you don't love yourself You will be looking for words you never heard from your father And then you'll be set up in a predicament Where you got to choose Same with guys You so hype about going to the league You so hype about making money That you didn't read the contract And now all of a sudden you got a million dollars, two million dollars, five million dollars, eighteen million dollars in front of you, and didn't even know you sold your soul away. You think LeBron is free? LeBron ain't free. That man is contractually obligated to the Lakers. He is not a free man. Kevin Durant is not a free man. We saw it. Kevin Durant said, "Nets, get me out of here." And where is Kevin Durant at now? Annette. Annette. <laughs> 
But they but they said that the that the uh owners was conspiring to make sure nobody because the the uh, what's that CB what's that thing called where they start talking about how much money the players get from TV deals and stuff? It's some type of they, it's the owners versus the players, right? So what they're saying is that these players are making too many decisions for themselves. How does James Harden go from Houston to to Brooklyn and then to Philadelphia in a year and two years? The owners are saying they have too much power. You ever heard of a book called Forty Million Dollars Forty Million Dollar Slaves? Just because you're rich, you can still be a slave to someone else. So. Kevin Durant couldn't just move. Uh, Kyrie just can't move because the owners say, you know what? We got another time to, to negotiate. And if we give the players too much power, then then what's going to happen to because what happens when players keep moving? Players keep moving. The team, the uh, the uh, fans stop uh, uh, and they start leaving because they're going to be like, man, what's the point of paying all this money? Because Kevin Durant here, I don't bought four years of season tickets. And then now Kevin Durant leaves, now I can't even get my money back. So what happens? The money starts falling. So either way, you got to be able to say, do I know what's good for me? If you don't know how God is good to you, you won't be able to see yourself made in the image of God. Therefore, you start entertaining counterfeit. A counterfeit is anything you try to force fit in your life. We've been in elementary school, maybe kindergarten, when they got the little, you know, little shapes. And you have to take a little shape and put it inside the same shape hole. Mm-hmm. So imagine you putting a square, you, you sitting there for hours trying to put that little square little thing in a circle shape. You can't do it. How many of us, from God's vantage point, God looking down at you over there, I'm trying to make this guy work for me. I'm trying to make this girl work for me, man. And it doesn't even fit your life. All right? I'm trying to make this friendship work. I'm trying to make this relationship work. I'm trying to make this career work. And God's like, the circle is right here, fam. Put the circle in the circle. I also got to know what is acceptable. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. The biggest decision you have to make in your life is to differentiating, different, different, you know what I'm trying to say. Differentiating, thank you, my brother. Differentiating between not what's bad and good. See, there's three options there's bad, there's good, and then there's God. Which one's the most difficult to choose from? Uh uh. Good and God. How is that the most difficult? Because they might look the same, but they're not. They might look the same. You got to see what's acceptable. Is this song acceptable? Is this show acceptable? Is this friendship acceptable? Is this conversation acceptable? Are these thoughts acceptable? What is well pleasing and perfect? Let's keep going. Uh, did we do this yesterday? Music is the origin of worship, but it cannot be expressed. No, do not look to music to induce worship. Look to music as simple expression. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Music is not the origin. That's right. That's right. True worship is God-centered worship, right? So today we're going to be talking about. I will learn why God only deserves worship from me, right? For the rest of the time, maybe ten minutes, and I'll let y'all have some time, right? True worship is God-centered worship. People tend to get caught up in where they should worship. What music they should sing in worship and how their worship looks to other people. Focusing on these things misses the point. Jesus tells us that true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. That's important. Worship cannot be physical. It cannot be emotional. 
It has to be truthful and spiritual, meaning it has to be the core of me. It means it has to be in the depths of me on why I worship him. God has been too good to me, man, for me to worship money. God has been good to me for me to worship anything else. And so I worship it in truth as well. This means we worship from the heart and the way God has designed. Worship can include praying, reading God's word with an open heart, singing, participating in communion and serving others. It is not limited to one act, but it's done properly when the heart and attitude of the person are in the right place. Your heart has, been, has to be in the right place. If you look God, if you look to God transactionally, meaning that if I give him a little worship, if I give him a little time, then he'll give me what I want. That's not how it works. God is not Amazon Prime, fam. You can't place an order and expect it in two days. Some things you won't get for two or three years. Why? Because God wants to deliver you before he delivers things to you. Do I want to read this? It also it is also important to know that worship. Here we go. Yeah. Is reserved only for God. Contrary to popular belief, we're all worshiping something. All of us are worshiping something. What are some things that people can worship? Money. Money. Yep. What else? Possessions. Possessions. Yep. Music. Yep. And artists. People. Yep. People. We'll stop there. People worship a lot of things, man. There's people right now that worship money so much. To the point to where they ain't worth much. People worship possessions. Like, look at my house. What's up, man? Look at my house. Look at my car. Why? Because whatever you worship determines your worth. So right now, it could be in the depths of a lot of you, you, a lot of you guys and gals' hearts, where you're longing for something. Because longing for it and getting it will determine who you are. Some people are longing for attention. You can smell it. You can see it. You can hear it. People are longing for acceptance. Longing, longing, longing. Because if I can get with that or be with that or be with them, then I am him. Now I can feel like I'm somebody, right? So worship is everyone in this room is worshiping. Everyone in this room is worshiping something. Some are worshiping football. Some are worshiping basketball. Some are worshiping their beauty. Some are worshiping their, their, their entrepreneurial acumen. People are worshiping even their parents, even their friends. They're worshiping uh, a lot of different things. It's all about what determines your worth. Only he is worthy and not any of his servants. Revelation 19.10 says, we are not to worship saints, prophets, Statues, angels, any false gods or Mary, the mother of Jesus. We also should not be worshiping for the expectation of something in return. Some such as miraculous healing. Worship is done for God because he deserves. Why is God the only one that deserves worship? And I don't want you all to look at worship as I'm bowing down. That's not the worship we're talking. We're talking about living. Burning for, living for, ambitious for. Why is God the only one deserving of worship? <clears throat> oh. Why is he the only one deserving worship? 
I know it's, it's one of them deep theological. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's simple, but I know I got you. At least I got y'all's wheels turned. What you got for me? All that is summed up under the word capacity. <clears throat> Money runs out. People's love for you will run out. He'll never run out. He's the only one that can be fully and completely good to you. He's the only one that is good to you when you don't deserve it. Most relationships are based upon what you give and what you can't give. Right? God says, man, you done sinned 50 million times. I'm going to still allow you to breathe. I'm going to be gracious to you. Uh, because he deserves it and for his pleasure alone. Worship can be public praise to God in a, congr- a congregational setting where we can proclaim through prayer and praise our adoration and thankfulness. Really, worship is thankfulness and, and motivation. Like, I'm thankful for what you've done for me and I'm motivated by what you've done for me to make sure that you magnify it and glorify so other people can experience your goodness and then other people can experience and it's a ripple effect to him and what he has done for us. Nobody on this planet has ever done more for you than he has. True worship is felt inwardly and then is expressed through our actions. I'm telling you, that's that's why I bold it. Because whatever you worship flows out of your actions. You are what you consume. The root reason why we worship these things is because we want to feel accepted. Worshiping out of obligation is displeasing God. So that's why I don't force you all. You will never get forced from me because then I feel, then when I try to force you to do something, I'm almost putting myself in God's position. It's like, do it for me, guys. Be quiet so when Miss Riley walks by. <laughs> please just please worship guys so when Miss Riley walks by, I can get a little, little star by my name. <laughs> please make it green. I want a green star. Remember back in elementary? That was probably y'all probably didn't do stars back when I, when y'all was in. Yeah, y'all did okay, okay, okay. So y'all did stars. A little sheet, man. I used to go to my mom and be like, Mom, I got a star. <laughs> so God is so God is not sitting there saying that. What was my point for saying the stars? Um Oh, I can't force y'all, man. So worship out of obligation is pleasing. Like, I can't force y'all. Like, even when we start playing music, you can, put, you can go to sleep. Like, that's why I'm not the type of preacher going to be like, why are you falling asleep on me? I don't, you tired, bro. I don't love my word more than I love you. I don't love what I'm giving you more than I love you. If you need a nap, take a nap. I'm, my, my measure of my success ain't based upon, is everyone jumping? Mr. S, that was the greatest word ever. I can care less about that. I care about y'all getting rest. Like, even with Amir. Like, I love Amir. I know Amir is listening even if he's on his computer. I'm not even knocking him. I know Amir. So I'm not going to be like, close your laptop, man. No. I know Amir enough to know that he needs that for, for whatever purposes. I'm not going to judge him for that or anybody else. And that's not, I'm really not knocking him. He know I love him. I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to be like, close your laptop don't, and focus on me. Man, he's listening. He's listening. So... God's same way is not like, man, I'm not going to wake you up and be like, I made you brief. So please, God is not like, I need your attention. 
I need it. God is self-sufficient. God don't need us. He wants us. Why is need worse than wants? Yes, we are. Say it again. Good point. So if I need someone, that means I need you to survive. Once something's like, you know what, it's cool if I have it, it's cool if I don't. Need leads to perversion. Like I said before, if we go two weeks without food globally, people are going to turn into cannibals. They're going to start eating other people because hunger is a need, right? If a lustful uncle or a lustful dad needs his daughter, what's going to happen? You don't have to say it. If a, if a, if a man or a woman desperately needs his, their child, then they're at the basketball game, at the football game, yelling at you because they need you to make it to the league because they didn't make it. You see what I'm saying? So when someone needs you, then they put extra pressure on you because... Their life was trash at one point. He can see through all the hypocrisy and he hates it. He demonstrates this in Amos 5, 21 through 24 as he, as he talks about coming judgment. Uh, okay, the rest of week is kind of other examples. Uh, they both brought gift offerings to the Lord, but God, is Cain able, but God was only pleased with Abel's. Cain brought the gift out of obligation. Abel brought his finest lamb from his flock. He brought out of faith and admiration to God. Some people bring, all right, God, take this. I'll give you that. Some people say, God, wait a minute. Here's my best. Best for best, man. True worship is not confined to what we do in church or open praise. Although these things are both good and we are told in the Bible to do them. True worship is the acknowledgement of God and all his power and glory in everything we do. In him, we live and move and have our being. Right now, without God, we will be nothing. The highest form of praise and worship is obedience to him and his word. To do this, we must know God. We cannot be ignorant of him. Worship is to glorify and exalt God, to show our loyalty and admiration to our father. What do you worship? Um, let's see what I got. What is some we already talked about that? Why is my picture trash? Oh, there we go. I'm making sure now. What you worship will okay. What you worship will affect your emotions. What you worship will stimulate your ambitions, and what you worship will determine your worth. Right now, if you worship or you find your worth in a relationship, and you see him talk to another girl, you're you're emotionally. Going in a downward spiral. If he gives you a hug and gives you attention, all of a sudden you feel like the best woman in the world. Vice versa as well. It stimulates your ambition. Whatever you worship, you'll go hard for. You'll run hard for. You'll, you'll do things to the fullest extent. And also what you worship will determine your worth. Can you smile even when everything around you is causing you or tempting you to frown because you know God is good to you? And we'll do the group activity on Thursday. Any questions? Everybody's good? All right, we're done. Y'all can talk, do what you